Hey everybody, it's Greg with some sad news. Um, kind of funny best friend Jason Hales passed away over the weekend. Um, his mother sent out a Facebook message. He was only 41. Uh, and Jason was incredibly active in the Kind of Funny Facebook group. Uh, really active on Twitter. Uh, basically, if you were super dialed in, you knew who Jason was because he was welcoming. He was gracious. He was smiling. He was helpful. He was, he was happy to be here. Uh, but even if you don't know, uh, Jason by name. I bet you know him by his work. Uh, Jason is the person who started hashtag PS We Love You XOXO. If you remember way back on a way back on a PS I Love You XOXO, I was basically like, oh, we need to send this person uh, love. Go tell them they're doing a great job. And Jason on his own took that and ran with that and made the hashtag PS We Love You XOXO and motivated the community sometimes on a daily basis <laughs> to go out and find a game developer or a games press enthusiast, journalist, whatever you want to call them, and go out and say, hey, you're doing a great job and try to combat the negativity we see each and every day on the internet. I can't think of a movement or a person that exemplifies what we're going for with the kind of funny best friend stuff uh, more than Jason Hales. You know, obviously it's a sad day and Obviously, it's painful to lose a, a kind of funny best friend, a community member. But I think what's so special about Jason is that you go today to the Facebook group. You go to the subreddit. You look on Twitter. You look on his Facebook profile, and you see dozens and dozens of people talking about how this man touched their lives, how his commitment to being a good person made other people's lives better. And again, that's what this is all about. That's what kind of funny is all about. And so Jason got it, and he will be sorely missed. But I think the message of all this right to take away is that everybody matters. Everybody makes a difference. I don't think when Jason was being nice to people who joined the Facebook group for the first time and saying, hey, he thought he was changing the world, but you look at those messages today, and he did. He established, I think, in the industry's eyes what makes the kind of funny community so special. The fact that I, you know, out of the blue, he would reach out to people and say, hey, and motivate hundreds of people to go say, hey, you're great. We need more of that. And Jason got it. Hello, kind of funny. Thank you for everything you have done for us. Greg, Colin, Tim and Nick, you've been amazing people, creating a wonderful community. And it's not all about the videos, entertainment. It's all about family. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, November 16th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Gettys. Oh man, that got me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it I, I woke up very sad this morning when I saw the news on Twitter. It was it, it obviously very unexpected. Um mm -hmm. and it was one of those ones where I, I saw it and I couldn't believe it. I was very confused when I woke up because Jason, like Greg mentioned it in his video, right? Like Jason's one of those people that I think if you're if you're dialed in, you've seen around and you know, and my personal interactions with him have always been so positive. Like it's very much been a thing of I, I tweeted this out this morning that like since 2016, 2016 is when I started making content. Jason was there. Like he was doing the hashtag team blessed thing when me and Alex Alex Van Aken had our extra oh, yeah. life face off thing. He was there hashtagging team blessed. And he's to this day, he's still been hashtagging uh team blessed, right? In a way that has always meant so much to me because it's felt like he's always kind of had my back. Uh, mm -hmm. and he's always been there supportive. Like I, I, this morning I went and I like, I Twitter searched his name or his uh, at with hashtag team blessed. Just to, like look back at all the times he's just been there. And yeah. it's such a sad day today uh, to, yeah. see, to see him go. That's a, that's a beautiful thing though, man. Everybody send some sweet, nasty love out there to somebody, to anybody use hashtag PS. We love you. X O X O uh, to honor Jason and everything that he's done for, for this community. So anyways, enough about that. Let's get to the news. Let's get to the news. Today's stories include a huge Capcom leak, video games being good for your mental health, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. 
if you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, like to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping, thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Gabby, Upstart, and HelloFresh, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. Starting with our number one. Kevin, I, I will never not be impressed by your vocal cords. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Also, shout out to Kevin. I know a lot of people are wondering, did it happen? Did they play Fortnite over the weekend? And I'm happy to report last night, 10 p.m., me, Kevin, Greg, and Barrett hopped on Fortnite on the PS5. Hell and had yeah. A good old time. It was had great. A great time. Great time. That's awesome. Kevin, were you playing on your PS5, by the way? Hell yeah, I was playing on my PS5. It was dope. It looks great, doesn't it? It looks fantastic. But I was like, shocked. I'm also Granted, used to I've been playing the on the Switch, Switch before. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> that, that, I was same thing. Yeah. No, it was it was a very good time. My favorite part of playing last night, aside from just like all the shenanigans, because there were, there were a lot of shenanigans. My uh, towards the end we of did playing, really well. My... Well, Thank you guys you, I did really it. well. <laughs> I, th- I think we killed it. I th- we didn't get a win, but we played some really got, good matches. We got two second places, though. And I got a lot of kills, personally. And so, like, it was I'll impressive. It was, Tim, it was really yes. impressive. There was a moment where I had died, Greg had died, and we were both just watching Blessing. And Blessing's, like, looking, some, lo- looking at some dude with a scope. And we're like, oh, okay, he's looking at this dude. And he fucking takes him down. And the dude was on the other side of the lake, man. <laughs> the other it was a really fun time. Lake. I forgot how fun Fortnite is. Fortnite is fantastic, but this is gonna be like a PS5 commercial moment. I was playing with um, I was playing with my Pulse 3D headphones, right? And toward the end of one match, or it was like halfway through the match, actually, my headphones died, and I was like, "Oh no, how am I gonna like communicate with my team members?" And then all of a sudden, I hear their voices come through the controller, and I was like. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the PS5 now. So I keep talking with them, and yeah, like they hear me through the through the headphones, and it was it was, it was like this cool like oh snap, it works as intended. At a certain Next point, here. yeah, like I think there was that quick moment of like, what is Gre- um, I think Kevin was like, what does Blessing sound like? He's far away, and then Gre- Greg's like, I think he's coming through his controller, and I'm like, yeah, my headphones died and all this stuff. And Greg was like, oh man, but it actually sounds kind of good. And then Kevin's like. Greg, you just really love PlayStation, don't you? <laughs> Which was the funniest thing that was said yesterday. Oh, uh, man. I love you guys. Story number one, though. Capcom has suffered a huge leak. This is all coming from Emma Kent at Eurogamer. And before I even get into it, uh, Tim, have you mm-hmm. seen anything about this at all? Do no, you know what's going on? Not at all. And, like, you know, a huge Capcom leak can go one of two ways. It's either going to be really bad news of, like, information that, you know, could hurt people is out there, mm-hmm. or it's good news for a conversation on the show of Devil May Cry 6. You know what I mean? A little yes. Dino Crisis reboot. Is it that blessed? Am I getting a Dino Crisis reboot? You are not getting a Dino Crisis <laughs> reboot, but you are getting a little bit of column A and column B with what you just said, right? Mm-hmm. You are seeing some people's some people's information leak, but then you're also yeah. seeing some game info leak. And so we're gonna get into okay. it. This is okay. what Emma okay. Kent has to say after revealing it was subject to a security breach at the beginning of november capcom has confirmed it's been the victim of a ransomware attack and a pretty major one at that corporate information about capcom's upcoming titles has already been leaked but more worryingly it seems a large amount of personal data has potentially been compromised in a press release earlier today capcom said it was victim of a quote customized ransomware attack end quote and confirmed that personal information had been compromised so far the information verified Uh, So far, the information verified to have been compromised included sales reports, financial information, and nine items items of personal information from current and former employees. But Capcom is concerned that up to 350,000 items of personal information from customers, business partners, applicants, and employees could have also been compromised, including names, addresses, phone numbers, birth dates, shareholder numbers, and even employee photos. Capcom can't be sure about the exact amount of potentially compromised data as some logs were lost in the attack, but it is certain no no credit card information has been leaked. 
that's a slither of good news, but pl but plenty of customers and employees are now in the in pretty terif in the pretty terrifying position of wondering if their personal information has been made public. And Capcom has advised everyone potentially affected to quote practice an abundance of caution, looking out for any sus suspicious packages received by mail or messages that could potentially be received. End quote. Aside from the personal information concerns, a significant amount of corporate information appears to have been leaked online. Screenshots show a new Ace Attorney collection for PS4 and Nintendo Switch, Resident Evil 4 for Oculus VR, and a PC release for Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2. Internal briefings show a planned release date for Resident Evil Village of late, uh, of late April in 2021, although it's worth noting these plans may now be outdated. Screenshots also detail a new project called Shield, allegedly a multiplayer shooter, while other while another another name that appears to be floating around includes a new Nintendo Switch IP named Guillotine, although details on this remain light. So yeah, a bit of column A in terms of all that information of uh employees, but then also potential customer information being released. But a peek into some newness from Capcom, which is a little bit a little bit exciting uh in the in this Big old, big old Dark piece of world. crap that is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, a, a big old leak. I mean, looking at this stuff, the, I don't think there's any major surprises here. I think the most interesting things are Resident Evil uh, continues its strategy of trying to out-platform Skyrim, of how many different platforms can this single game be on. Mm. Um, I don't think it'll ever actually overcome it, but it's definitely on its way. Oculus VR, as far as I know, Resident Evil 4 hasn't been in VR yet. so. That's no. interesting. I wonder that sounds how, really that's, cool. how it's going to work. Uh, I can't even imagine <laughs> how it would work. I mean, it would just be for it'd be first person Resident Evil Four, right? Going through the same. I mean, but that like story, very much changes the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, but then, but then, yeah, these the the Shield and Guillotine. That's cool. New games, new IP. Capcom always doing interesting stuff. You know, they've yeah. kind of been on a on a, a real nice streak the last five years at this point so i'm excited for some new stuff from them yeah the shield stuff is interesting i was trying to look into it of course since this is a huge leak there's information kind of scattered around all over the place i saw uh one post from a twitter user i can't remember the name of the twitter user but it was basically a a rollout plan like a marketing rollout plan for shield and one reading like internal marketing docs always feels gross because the way in which they talk about uh par partners and ambassadors and all this stuff always feels kind of weird because they talk a lot about how like for shield right it's supposed to be it's supposed to be this kind of games se seemingly games as a service kind of platform where it's a multiplayer mm -hmm. shooter where they have like a they start off with a pc beta release move into console release the next year and then partner up with a bunch of different con content creators turn them into ambassadors and then later on you're going to see post launch con launch content so i assume that's going to be kind of like their destiny-ish sort of thing the way in which they talk about it in the marketing doc is very interesting because they talk about turning ambassadors into quote-unquote believers by giving them uh permanent perks and all this different stuff uh either way like as weird as the marketing jargon is kind of cool you know that's kind of exciting to see see capcom step into the games as a service realm i think that could potentially be exciting if shield turns out to be cool but all in all like yeah you look at the rest of this and you're like yeah the same no, nothing here strikes me as shocking resident mm -hmm. evil 4 vr a little bit strikes me as shocking but even that is like that lines up with resident evil 7 right because that came out in, in vr and i forgot whether or not they said that resident evil 8 uh is coming in vr or not but like cool i'm sure people i'm sure there are going to be plenty, plenty of folks that play that and like that and enjoy it, and hopefully that's good too yeah, it is always weird getting the peek behind the curtain of all the marketing stuff because you're right, it, like it's icky. It's just kind of like it, it is. It makes this thing that we love to enjoy kind of like you get to see the real game going on, and it's like, oh damn, we're not supposed to see that far into the matrix. Yeah, no, they're playing us like a damn fiddle, basically. Uh, Ace Attorney Collection also pretty cool, and then yeah, all the monster hunters. Like again, none of this, none of this is necessarily shocking. I'm curious to see what. Uh, project name guillotine is for the nintendo switch because that sounds like the antithesis of a nintendo switch game calling a thing guillotine but again code names who knows it could be like who a 2d platformer gamecube was the dolphin so yeah exactly story number two an oxford study says video gaming can benefit mental health this is alex hearn at the guardian 
Playing video games can be good for your mental health, a study from Oxford University has suggested. Following a breakthrough collaboration in which academics at the university worked with actual gameplay data for the first time. The study, which focused on players of Nintendo's springtime craze, Animal Crossing, as well as EA's, EA's shooter, Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville, found that people who played more games tended to report greater, quote, well-being, casting further doubt on reports that video, game, uh, video gaming can harm mental health. Crucially, the study, the, the study was one of the first to be done using actual playtime data. Thanks to the internet-connected nature of the games, the Oxford University team was able to link up psychological questionnaires with true records of time spent playing games. Previous studies has, had tended to focus on self-reported time playing, which is, the study found, only weakly correlated with reality. The research, researchers are, are keen to emphasize that the findings are not a carte blanche path for games. Quote, I'm very confident that if the research goes on, we'll learn about the things that we think uh, we think of as toxic in games, and we'll have evidence for those things as well," said Andrew Prizibaliski. I'm going to say Andrew Prizibaliski. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, the lead. Re Thank you. I appreciate it. The lead researcher on the project. The researchers hope the study will introduce a higher standard of evidence to discussions about the concept of video game addiction or digital harms in general. "Quote: Yet." Yeah, you have really respected important bodies like the World Health Organization and the NHS allocating attention and resources to something that's, that, uh, that there's literally no good data on. And it's shocking to me. The reputational risk that everyone's taking, given the stakes, for them to turn around and be like, hey, this thing that 95% of teenagers do, yeah, that's addictive. No, we don't have any data. That makes no sense, Przybilski said. Cool. Tim, <laughs> cool. video games, great for your mental health. Does it shock you? Uh, no, it doesn't. And, you know, I, this is the type of thing that as our industry matures and, you know, kind of gets out of its infant stage, like there's going to be a lot more conversation about the the positives and negatives of the effects that they they possibly can have. And and I think that it's good that there's – we're at a point that they are – video games are mainstream enough that there are people that are, you know, trying to look at every side of it and like really get into the the science behind you know what they're they're actually doing to us and it's good that it's not just people trying to like have a vendetta against it and you know have a biased take that is trying to take video games down as the new rock and roll that's cancering kids minds you know mm -hmm. so yeah it's good and and no shit <laughs> like you know like for as bad as gamers can be like that, that that sucks like gamers should be a good thing it should be something that we're proud to be and that we you know are you know in, enjoy the, the connotations of and it sucks that all the negativity has kind of taken it from us but fuck that we can take it back and i think it's going to happen over time yeah yeah the, i mean to what you just said right i don't think there's any reason why gamers should be inherently linked to negativity in our mind when we hear the term when we think of what what um a gamer is uh i like i like the fact that this this study seems to be looking at games through a through an honest lens right they talk about uh you know trying to trying to look into video game addiction and and getting get an honest outlook on like what the effects of that might be and it's awesome that like so far it seems the studies have pointed toward uh uh video games leading to a better to a greater well-being is exactly how they put it i want to see this i want to see the study expanded right because the, the two games we're looking at are plants vs zombies and animal crossing and yeah, I, like uh, I, I think that aligns, right? Like, I, I, if, if I, anybody who I've met that's played Animal Crossing doesn't seem to like leave that game feeling any sort of like shitty or feeling any sort of down on the world, right? Like, I kind of want to see the study kind of expanded into uh, different types of games, and I'm sure they're doing that. But like, I want to see the study like done on people who play hella shooters or play Last of Us or play uh, more adult leaning games, right? Or Tony Hawk or games that. Game, games that branch out from like just the the family the family games because i'm i'm curious to see what i'm I'm curious to see like real honest results because i i'm definitely a firm believer that video games can have positive effects for us right like that's one of the reasons why i'm here because i love video games so much and i can i can attest to the fact that there have been many times in my, in my life where i play a video game and i come out of it feeling way better about myself or i play a video game and i feel more empathetic right like gone home is probably the biggest example of me playing a video game and being like wow that was a beautiful story well told that made me uh that put me in in, uh, in the shoes of this person in a way mm -hmm. that expanded my worldview a bit right like there are plenty of stories about 
those experiences that we have in video games. I wonder if there are the ops, the if there is the opposite side. Oh, there of it. is for sure. Yeah. I mean, but and I want to see. I want to see examples of seen, that. I feel like we've seen so many studies over the last. 20 years about that stuff and it's like that's why i'm excited about this it's like obviously not only does it, the scope need to be expanded but like it needs to be many other tests and experiments need to to happen in studies to be able to have like concrete evidence of anything but it's just one of those things where video games are such a broad thing that it, you can't just say video gaming benefits mental health it it's, can benefit mental health it can also be a detriment to mental health right that's anything though but I think yeah. that it's important that there there are studies showing that it can though. It's not just a bad thing, and the the fact that that this is starting, we're getting that ball rolling, you know. So the conversation can kind of shift from always being about addiction, always being about you know like the the cause and effect of what playing violent video games can do to you and all of that. It's like, well, okay, yeah, but but Animal Crossing does exist. Like there are these other video games that need to be discussed in equal measure because they are there, and that is. Animal Crossing is as equal a video game as Call of Duty is. So the conversation needs to be equal there. Yeah. And to and to what you said, right? Like video games are such a big medium. The this study itself, right? Andrew has a quote in here that says, Oh yeah, that thing that 95% of teenagers do, right? Like everybody at this point games, right? Most people, most people in the world play video games, right? Or at least like mo- most people in the in, in the US and in, in certain parts of the world play video games, right? And like if that's the case, we got to look at video games in the same way that we look at something like movies or reading or any other medium, right? Like, I'm sure there are studies out there that are like read- reading. Period is probably good for your mental. It's probably it's probably good for your mental health, right? But you probably shouldn't stop there in terms of studies, right? Like, what 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 different types of types of reading are there, right? Like, what are the different genres, right? Like, Goosebumps. what <laughs> Goosebumps versus Hunger Games, right? Like, what, what what's going to be better for your mental health? Uh, <laughs> And so I'm glad that these studies are happening. I hope that they expand more and dig deeper because I want to see deeper results. Story number three, the 2020 video game accessibility awards awards have been announced. This is from Steve Watts at GameSpot. And I'm going to tag in Kevin Coelho because I know Kevin Coelho is going to have a lot to say about this one because fun fact, Kevin Coelho had involvement in the video game accessibility awards. Yeah, it sounds weird when you say it that way. It's just, just, he directed just it. He, he ran I, yeah, the show. I did indeed. That's involved. Yeah, that's involvement. You're involved. Yeah, but you say it with like an ominous tone that freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> this is what Steve Watts at, at uh, GameSpot had to write. As December approaches, we're getting near video game award season with various sites giving their Game of the Year awards and Jeff Keighley set to host a virtual presentation of the Game Awards. Before all that, though, the accessibility organization Able Gamers hosted its 2020 Video Game Accessibility Awards honoring the games and studios that did the most to make their games available to all types of players. The presentation was hosted by Lana Pierce and Able Gamers' Steve Spawn with a panel of of presenters including several Twitch streamers, fellow accessibility advocates, and voice actor Troy Baker. The awards included categories like, quote, same controls but different and, quote, clear text. Uh, the presenters each gave a brief explanation of the category, and then following each announcement, Spawn walked viewers through how each category solves uh, for a specific accessibility problem. For example, the second channel category, which is which was won by The Last of Us Part Two, honored games that offered an alternative or additional way of accessing the game, uh, accessing game information for players who can't access it through the in-game tools. The Last of Us Part Two was the only game to receive more than one award, but lots. Lots of this year's biggest games were represented in at least one of the categories. I have a list of winners, and here's the thing. As I was reading through, I realized that all the categories have, like, a cool name to them, but don't don't really, like, have... I'm sure if I, if I, if I look into it, like, there'll be an explanation somewhere, but from the GameSpot article, there wasn't really an explanation on what the different categories were. And so, Kevin, do you... If I read you the categories, would you know what they mean? Uh, I mean, or do I not, need to not, do the research? Not in a way that I, I I was showing it. I was showing the the research. Oh, you're showing it. Yeah, but like I, Wait. it's hard to summarize for someone who has slept as little as me in life. You know, <laughs> in life, <laughs> not just last night. Just no, yeah, life. yeah, in life. Uh, I can send you the website, and you can kind of pick and choose which ones you want to read. Yeah, if you can send me the website, that'd be awesome. Uh, before I get to the winners, though, way. like. Tim, like, what are your what are your thoughts on the accessibility awards? Oh my god! I mean, this is amazing. Like this this going back to the last story of what I was talking about of just like 
I'm happy the conversation is starting because this just means more. This is going to happen. I feel like the accessibility in games, uh, like uh, the entire conversation around that has started a couple years ago in a very real way. Thanks a lot to Able Gamers and what Steven's done. Um, and in the last couple of years, it's been blown up to be expected, right? I don't yeah. think it's quite yet standard, but I think that we're very close to that being a thing where if your games don't have bomb-ass accessibility features, you know, it's you're going to be criticized for that. It's going to affect the... Uh, the the score of the game and like the the kind of conversation around the game. So this is fantastic. Like this is the type of thing that when people are rewarded for their efforts, others are going to look at that and be like, oh shit, we should be doing that too. You know. And I I think that it it's been a great year for accessibility in video games based on seeing other people who who care very deeply about this stuff and are way more into the the weeds of it all than I am. On, on Twitter and stuff, like it seems like things like Last of Us were such a, a major leap forward in all of this. And see, to see that kind of continue in the Sony ecosystem with Ghost of Tsushima and, and Spider-Man and all of that. Uh, but in addition to that, it seems like like looking at this list now without spoiling it because you're about to read it all, like it is a lot more varied than I expected. I thought that mm. Last of Us was going to kind of dominate this conversation or, or at least Sony properties were going to dominate the the winners and and that's not true uh, it, it's there's a whole bunch of different games and i think that that to me is the biggest takeaway of the the industry as a whole is taking great strides in solving this problem or at least attempting to fix as much as they possibly can yeah i think this is definitely awesome uh especially to expand what our our ideas of accessibility can be right like i, I for people like you and me right that that boot up a game and immediately are like oh yeah i don't even have to go i don't even have to open a menu before i can play this thing right mm -hmm. I, I can just play this thing at face value and enjoy it and not even think about uh specific types of subtitles or think about uh changing controls in any way because games are, are are inherently just tailored for us it's awesome yeah. to see the accessibility awards shine a light on different ways in which games can be accessible and be be a teaching tool even for 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 people like us uh and for the industry as a whole so we can make games more accessible and playable for more people i as i've been looking through the different uh award categories i now understand why they're named the way they are because man do they get in depth with these uh and I, if i like sat here and try to like explain every category we'd probably be sitting here forever so i'm just gonna i'm gonna name the winners and if you guys want to look into that you can go over to accessible.games and everything is laid out there but you can also um, watch the awards and they explain it all there too. Yeah, oh yeah, you can show. do that too. Kevin ran it. It's true, I was involved. He was very involved. <laughs> <laughs> the winners look like this. Uh, I'll just read the games instead of the categories. I feel like if I read the categories, these guys will still not get much out of it. So the winners go like this. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, The Last of Us Part 2, Apex Legends, The Outer Worlds, Ghost of Tsushima, Borderlands 3, Fuser, Madden NFL 2020 Among Us and then last last is part two again again accessible dot games if you want to go in depth into what makes the categories the categories and yeah I'm I'm sure that is the whole thing uploaded on YouTube Kevin or is it going uh, to be? it will be I believe it's available on Twitch at the moment but it will be uploaded I think to YouTube I'm pretty sure Boom. I just go sent over a file go check that out story number four. Demon's Souls remake players discover a secret door that wasn't in the original game. This is Michael McWherter at Polygon. While the PS5 remake of Demon's Souls hews closely to the original game in terms of its design, developer Bluepoint Games has made a few intriguing changes to From Software's groundbreaking role-playing game. The studio has also apparently added a new mystery to Demon's Souls, one that players haven't been able to unravel yet. Over the weekend, players discovered a hidden door behind one of Demon's Souls' illusory walls. Illusory, illusory walls. Those <laughs> illusions are normally limited limited to the shrine of storms, shrine of storms region in the original Demon Souls. But players of the PS5 remake found a new illusory wall in the third section of the game's first region, Bulletarian Palace. Behind that illusory wall, a locked door with no way in. Players also report that there is something behind that locked door. Quote or not quote, uh, these are in parentheses, unlike a similarly mysterious door in Bloodborne, which turned out to be nothing. Use, using Demon Souls' new photo mode, players have been able to peek behind that door where a mysterious item awaits. 
In recent days, players have been brute forcing solutions, attempting everything from shifting the level's world tendency to wearing certain pieces of equipment to carrying 79 gold coins, a throwback to Bluepoint's Shadow Colossus remake, which had a secret door that required that amount of hidden coins to unlock. So far, players have had no luck cracking this particular mystery. Bless. Another really cool one. What's up, Tim? Very, very cool. Am I just totally misremembering? Were there coins in Shadow of the Colossus? I think Blue Point added in their own like collectible. I, I oh okay, I, so it's not like Mario style coins around the world. It's more no. like got it, got it, got it, got it. Because okay, I was like, no way, <laughs> like that's not how that was. Yeah, uh, and if you aren't paying attention, I think you'd easily miss them because I miss them in gotcha. Shadow of the Colossus. This is awesome though. I love shit like this, and especially for Souls games, like the the fact that there is a secret. A random secret that everyone the community has to get together and figure out like that's just always cool like it reminds me a lot of the mount chiliad in san andreas yeah right? or i guess in gta 5 of uh trying to figure out the secret and like that was like a bigger scale crazier thing but i love it for uh, a game that is so based on lore and you know a community honestly of uh, of gamers that are playing this maybe for the first time but maybe for you know the hundredth time of demon souls that, that have fans that have been there from the souls series from the beginning like it's cool that everyone's like oh shit what is this yeah i like it i like the idea of a new layer of of mystery or a new level like a new layer of uh uh i guess like making making a world a bit deeper <laughs> like mm-hmm. i like i like the idea of that being added right as long as it's not taking away from the core game itself because i know there are so many fans of demon souls that are like don't change the game leave it the way it was it's perfect it's a work of art i don't want anything done to it like i definitely under i definitely understand uh that standpoint but this seems like something that is so you know behind the curtain we're gonna put this door behind this wall that you don't need to like you don't even need to know about right if you don't run into it you don't run into it but we're gonna create this cool mystery in this world that you already know and love and have players work together like it is that mount chiliad thing right and like you mentioned in gta 5 right even even gta san andreas there was that bigfoot mystery that turned out i think to be nothing i think that was Mm -hmm. disproven a million times but even when i think back to gta san andreas i'm like or was it disproven is there a bigfoot in there (laughs) who knows we might still be able to find it Um, have you been have you been playing demon souls I've not. I booted it up. I did the first area. Got to uh, uh got to the boss in the first area, and mm-hmm. I think it's the boss that you're supposed to lose to. I think me and Greg talked about this on the latest KFGD. Then got to the uh, area where you, you you enter your non corporeal form or whatever people were saying in chat, and I've I've kind of I I hopped off there. I want to get back to it, but okay. I've been playing other things. This this week's games cast is going to be a big one. It's going to be us talking about our essentially. Like first weeks with the retail Series X and, and PS5. And we've been playing a whole bunch of games. So everyone get hyped for that. Can't wait playing? to talk. Oh, I've been playing a whole bunch of shit. Tetris Connected. Oh Very, have you played yes. that yet? Let, we'll Dude, save I've... this save it for games cast, obviously. But of course. I platinumed Astro. My second platinum nice. of all time. Yeah. Dude, I I also platinumed Astro yesterday. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I can't wait I, to talk about that. I played uh, about an hour of Sackboy. Nice. So so yeah, games cast, we'll we'll get into all all of this stuff, but it's gonna be yeah. a good week. I'm excited to talk about it because it has been a heavy, a heavy gaming weekend because of all the games. And like, I've been bouncing back and forth between a lot of them. Uh, I, I booted up Yakuza like a dragon yesterday. Okay. Played some, and uh, about an hour and a half in my Xbox series X uh, pretty much bricked. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right. I, oh, I saw this. I saw this tweet. Yeah. I, cra- I it crashed and I, I tweeted and then I deleted the tweet because like, people were kind of going crazy with it because i tweeted out like yeah my xbox series x uh crashed and won't won't reboot um and people kind of took that and were like trying to make like console war stuff out of it so i was like i'm taking this off so people can not can stop using this but yeah like i'm not being able to boot it up since i I hit up support and they're gonna and they're helping me out thankfully but shout out to the xbox ecosystem i unplugged the, the series x plugged in my xbox one x picked up from where i left off in yakuza and awesome. it was so simple it was so easy i didn't even have to think about cloud saves or anything yeah. so shout out to that um but yeah next gen is here it's awesome it's great are you do, do you think you're gonna play demon souls i'm i'm definitely gonna give it a shot I, there's no way i stick with it no way in hell but yeah that that is on my list i want to play a little bit more Sackboy to have more to say on games cast uh but that is the next one that i want to hop into at least a bit i had to put my miles platinum on pause i was like i need to play other games and uh you know just kind of there's just so what's, many games out right now it's like there's the, not enough time 
What's the list for you right now in terms of games you need to get to? Because right now you're playing Sackboy. Do you have anything afterwards? I want to keep Tetris. I mean, we should save this for, for Games Cast to sure. get too deep. But uh, Tetris is kicking my ass. But I want to get a little farther in it for sure. Uh, but then, then yeah, Demon's Souls is next on my list. Um, but otherwise, I'm just kind of like, like, you know, kind of getting through the, the launch lineup a little bit yeah. of just trying them all out and then getting back to Miles. Um, I am interested in, in Yakuza, though, not so much like a dragon, but I, I, I'm inspired by all the, the positive conversation around the franchise right now that mm. I might boot up Yakuza 0, which is really? the one everyone's been telling me to, to get on. Game Pass, man, it just makes it easy. Like, it's taunting me, right? It's just like there's so many games there that I'm like, oh, fuck, I might as well try this. I've just been going back. I get so distracted by the old games want to see how they run. Like, I popped in Ori uh, and the Will of the Wisps just to see how it would run. Uh, with all its new fancy enhancements, and my God, it's awesome! Does it does it uh, not have the? Uh, you know, remember when we played and reviewed it for Xbox One, and there yeah. were like those hiccups, those like yeah. technical hiccups, like when you pause and unpause and stuff like that. Is all that gone? Gone. gone. Oh my Going God. to the map, it's instant bless. I was like, holy crap! This would have made the experience like my review of Ori would have been way up, like mm-hmm. one point five score higher than it was if it ran like this from the get go. Damn. If I may make one recommendation, if you're looking for a game to jump yeah. into, the Pathless. Oh wait, that's next on my list. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to get a code from Greg for awesome. that. I think I might do that before Demon Souls. That game, I feel like that, and I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, do the whole games has conversation here. I feel like the Pathless and Sackboy are the two games that are not getting enough love that deserve way more love because they are incredible games. And so, more on Games Cast for sure. But man, check out the Pathless and Sackboy if you're looking for a launch title play. Story number five. THQ Nordic claims its Time Splitter 2 remake reference was a joke. This is from Andy Robinson at VGC. Spellforce 3 Fallen God released for PC last week, and players later discovered that several in-game items can be acquired, which refer to upcoming and released THQ Nordic titles. The items include Biomutant, Gothic Remake, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom, and Time Splitters 2 Remake. The item's description reads, translated from French, quote, It's finally coming, the iconic shooter which, which has stood the test of time to join the, er- to join the era of modern games, end quote. However, a spokesperson for THQ Nordic has cl- since claimed that this item was intended as a joke. Quote, The intention behind those Easter eggs was pure fun. When Cook Media and Deep Silver are, are ready to talk about Time Splitters, they'll make sure... They will make sure to get heard, uh, the person said. TimeSplitter's owner, THQ, indicated last year that it was planned, planning a feature installment in the series with the hiring of original co-director Steve Ellis to, quote, help plot the future course for the franchise. This is such a weird one because... I hate this. this bullshit, like one, why would you Why would you put this Easter egg in your game, period, if yeah. it's not happening? Uh, but then also, like I, we all assume that TimeSplitter is is coming right like they've talked about this well not a remake i mean they, they, they've time they talked about the future just, of time splitters they bought time splitters is what happened right and then they're yeah. like oh eventually one's gonna come it's like okay well what does that mean i know that there's the time splitters rewind which is like a fan-made remake of all the games like that's been happening since i think 2015 i remember being in the spare bedroom talking about that um I love Time Splitters. Time Splitters 2 is actually my favorite. It's not the best. Future Perfect definitely is the best. But uh, a Time Splitters 2 remake, I would be all about that, man. This yeah. is upsetting. It's upsetting, but I think it's also bullshit. I think they're, I think they're making Time Splitters 2 remake. Because I don't, I don't understand why you put that in your game and not do it. Like It's, like, it's a weird joke if it's a joke. It's a weird joke, but it's also... I mean, I, I'm with you that like... This is so bizarre that why would it even be a rep? Like, that's, this is so random. But on the other side, it's so random. Granted, S- SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom remake is also the most random thing of all time. They actually did it. But mm. Time Splitters 2, like, I don't, like, that definitely is not like the one everyone's like, oh, if they're going to remake one, it's going to be two. In my mind, it would either be a collection of all of them or three. <laughs> like, mm. why two? We shall see. We shall see. Uh, last last news story, story number six. Uh, this is an update from Friday. Everything is okay at Ubisoft Montreal. If you remember, when we closed on Friday's show, new story, uh, the story was breaking, right, about the situation that seemed to be a host- hostage situation going on at Ubisoft Montreal. Uh, I have this 
pulled from their Twitter uh, that posted later in the day on Friday. They tweeted this, this statement, quote, we want to salute the courage and, compa- and composure our team showed today. Our focus remains on ensuring their health and well-being. We would also like to thank the SPVM for their quick and professional response, helping to bring the situation under control. We are extremely relieved this was resolved without incident, and we'd like to thank you all for your support and kind words, Ubisoft. So there you go. Thankfully, it seems like nobody's hurt. It seems like everybody's okay. Thank God. Uh, I echo what Greg said toward the ending of a Friday show, right? Like, nothing is promised, man. You got to hold, hold on to life dearly. Be good to people. Like, it's scary out there. Yeah. Uh, and so thank God everything's good over there at Ubisoft Montreal. Before we get into what's coming out today, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor. Of course, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by Gabby. You know, you're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. Sure. You'd love to save money, but is spending hours on your own shopping for a lower rate to maybe save a few bucks worth it. Probably not. Do what do what a lot of folks have done and use Gabby. Gabby does all the work for you in just a few minutes. And get this, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account, and, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. That's what plenty of folks did. It's fast and easy, and you can discover how much you're overpaying for your insurance. Like I mentioned earlier, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. I bet that'd be nice to have in your pocket every year. If you can't, if they can't find you savings like they've done for plenty of others, they'll let you they'll uh, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing you have the best rate out there, and they'll never they'll never sell your info. So no annoying spam or robocalls. You're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's it's totally free to check and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash games daily. That's G-A-B-I.com slash games daily. Gabby.com slash games daily. Gabby's awesome, man. I, I used it and it's super easy to just check everything, make sure that I got the best best rates possible. And turns out that I did. I've been I'm, I'm totally good, but it was just good to know. It gives me some peace of mind. But some of my friends use it, and they're saving a ton of money on Dang. just simple switches on their insurance. And it, just, it took like five minutes to do. That's awesome. We're also brought to you by Upstart. There's a lot of economic, economic chatter right now about the state of the market. Is it recovering? How long will it take? Have we seen the worst? But if you're struggling to pay off high-interest credit card debt, you can't wait for those answers. You need to take action. Now with Upstart, there's actually something you can do today to help fight off high interest credit card debt. Upstart is the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you more than just a credit score. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your job history in the form of a smarter rate. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull and won't affect your credit score, the hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. The best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 500,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and hurry up to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Lastly, we're brought to you by HelloFresh. Get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store, makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Let me tell you, I got uh, HelloFresh delivered to me a few weeks ago, and it's it's life-changing, honestly. Like, if you know me, you know I'm not a huge cook, and since uh, quarantine started, 
especially in these later months as I've moved into my own place uh, with Michael Hyam and I, and I have more control over the kitchen. Uh, I've been cooking a bit with that HelloFresh and they're not joking when they say it's easy, fun and affordable. Like listening to a podcast and and cooking meals that I've never cooked before and having them actually turn out good is life changing. It's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, HelloFresh is awesome. HelloFresh offers convenient delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh offers so many delicious options every week to help you break out of your recipe rut and try new things. There is something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and kid-friendly recipes. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet. The packaging HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. Keep your fridge stocked by adding extra proteins or sides like garlic bread to your weekly order. HelloFresh is committed to making fresh, delicious food available now more than ever and has taken extra steps to keep its employees and customers safe, including contactless delivery, tamper-proof packaging, and team member wellness checks. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Games90 and use code Games90 to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Remember, that's, that's HelloFresh.com slash Games90 and use code Games90 to get a total off $80 your first month. Tim. I'm really excited for my next HelloFresh meal. But man, oh man, dinner is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to mom and grop shops right now, where would I go? Idiot has his mic muted. You would go right now? to the official list of upcoming software he's, across he's each he's and Mr. every Worldwide, platform, right? as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah, that's hilarious. Really, really dumb. It was hilarious. I switched back to Discord and I just see Tim dancing, and I'm like, "What's going on right now? What are the vibes right now?" Because I'm willing to join in and dance. And also, I, I really did the sunglasses. You are really giving off pitbull vibes. Thank you. Thank you. I respect it. Out today, we got. Shrimp for PC, Pocket Penguin for PC, Forgotten Soundscape for PC and Mac, and Just Old for PC. And that's it. I don't have any new days for you or any deals of the day. So let's go right into reader mail. Of course, you can go to patreon.com. So it's kind of funny games. Write in with your question, just like Nick did. Nick writes in and says, Hi, KFGD. I had a follow-up question for Friday's KFGD where October's NPDs were discussed. FIFA and Madden came in first and second. However, both of these titles were reviewed poorly with many reviewers indicating a lack of polish and innovation from previous titles as the main reason. My question is, if EA can release buggy and uninspired iterations of their sports games and still chart extremely well in game sales and make billions uh, in Ultimate Team money, why would they ever try to improve? Thanks, Nick. This Good is question. kind of a leading question because I feel like I feel like you're kind of answering the question yourself when you say why would they ever try to improve? But Tim, where are you at in terms of the 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 iterative EA titles? Do you think there's an issue here in terms of uh, uh, these titles coming out seeming to review poorly because it's the same thing every year and them still making a lot of money off them? I mean, look, is it a problem? Absolutely. Is it going to change? Probably not unless people stop buying and stop supporting the stuff. And that's, I don't think, going to happen anytime soon because the people buying these games and, you know, contributing to these microtransactions, all that, they're not the ones looking at reviews, right? They're not the ones that are kind of uh, giving a shit about what other people think about the quality of the games. They just want their sports games every year and they're going to pay for them and they're continuing to pay for them. I think the EA... Uh, has made a lot of changes in, in recent years based on conversations that have happened. We've seen it with Star Wars and the microtransactions there and all of that. And they've kind of turned around in a lot of ways. But that's because people were vocal and showing that like they're not putting up with it. With this stuff, I don't think that there's a big enough group of people showing that they're, they're not putting up with it. So it, it's one of those things where I imagine a lot of EA guys are looking at this and are just like, yeah, it's a problem. It's not our problem. Yeah, like I mean, the it's it's their business model, right? Like, come out, do an iterative, iterative title, make bank, repeat, and like 
is it a problem? I, I guess it depends on the lens you're looking at it from. Like if you're if you're a fan of the sports games and you're wanting to see big changes, then yeah, like I understand the frustration there. For me, as somebody who used I used to buy FIFA uh, every year, like from about 2010 to 2016, I was that person that was playing playing FIFA pretty much yearly because uh-huh. I had a group of friends that would play FIFA together and we'd always want to get the new one because in our minds, right, like. We wanted those new yearly improvements, as minuscule as they were. And like, granted, if you play FIFA 2010 and then play FIFA 2016, they're dynamically different games. They control differently. Obviously, the rosters are different, but that's going to happen every year, obviously. Um, but like, there are there are improvements there. There are improvements that happen. Um, I think it, it this kind of comes back to the conversation of what is sixty dollars worth to you, or what is seventy dollars worth to you in this new generation? For yeah. me, back in that day. Yeah, $60 was worth getting the next FIFA because it was more of a community experience rather than about the game itself. Like FIFA FIFA to me wasn't a God of War or it wasn't a Watch Dogs or it wasn't it, it wasn't necessarily meant to be a hey, I'm buying this new game so I can get this huge jump from the previous one and so I can like look to the future with this new title. No, I was getting a new FIFA so I can keep up with my friends. Like FIFA was very much a community game for me. And so $60, $60 if anything was the entry fee for me to be part of the community and yeah, for a lot of folks, I understand that that sucks. And even I look at this and I'm like, yeah, there are a lot of problems with this, especially if the games aren't reviewing as well. Um, and that part, I mean, that part of it kind of comes back to, again, how you play the games. Because for me, I played FIFA 21. And the way I played that game, I jump into online friendlies. I jump I jump into seasons and I jumped into FIFA Volta. And all those things, things were fun to me. Granted, the previous FIFA I played before this one was... I think 18 or 17. I wasn't even playing those games super hardcore. And so like mm. for me as somebody who was jumping in, it was fine. And there are plenty of people in it, there are plenty of people in a bunch of different use cases when it comes to when they get a sports game, how they play it, all that stuff that are, uh, that are going to uh essentially interpret and review it differently. Um but when it comes when it all comes down to to it, it is that thing of yeah, if it works for EA, it works for EA, and sadly, like that's the that's the bummer of re- uh, bummer of the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like with with that, yeah, I don't I don't expect it to change or necessarily even improve. I think this is the way things are until like you get a FIFA en- entry or a Madden entry that is dy- that is super bad, that is broken, that is NBA Live. Totally. Uh, it happened NBA Live, so yeah. it, it can happen. But I just think that all of this stuff. Uh, helps create a world where that's not going to happen because there's just built in monetization that is going to keep supporting these bad decisions in a way that NBA live got beat out because of competition, right? Exactly. Like it only lost uh, any interest because NBA 2k was there and they weren't fucking up. Whereas I think that FIFA kind of lacks that, that direct competition. Like there's the Konami game, yeah, but, Pro Evo. but that's different, you know, like that, the kind of is not even in the same, league as as fifa in terms of like i just feel like it's a different audience playing that game yeah and like you'll you'll have a go back go back and forth every year where people are like oh yeah this year's uh pro evo game is better than this this year's fifa mm-hmm. um but fifa fifa does have that built-in audience that i think you can, you can never kind of topple over and i think that is that is such a big thing when it comes to this conversation is competition and the, and the, the lack of it that's why uh, there was a new story recently about ufc uh, renewing their deal with EA for the next 10 years. And for me, as somebody who likes the EA UFC games, fine. It was That was kind of a bummer of a news story because you're telling me that EA is not going to have competition for UFC for the next 10 years. That means that they're going to have not much of a reason to really innovate with that franchise and probably keep it the same for the next 10 years. That, to me, is kind of where the, the bummer of it comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, but TA like they don't really have reason to 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 change things. Therefore, I don't think you will see big changes in the Madden and FIFA franchises. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I got one more question from the bus driver 05 who writes in and says, "Hey KFGD, after playing Spider-Man Remastered for several long hours over the weekend, I couldn't help but notice both days that my hands hurt from the DualSense controller. My hands feel fatigued, or as if or as if they are bruised underneath." As someone who has been gaming since 86, I've never had this problem before with any con- any controller, including the infamous OG Xbox Duke. Nor did I have it with the long hours of playing on Series X earlier in the week. 
My question is to you and the best friends, is anyone else having similar issues? Or does this mean my hands have finally met their match and I may develop hand issues develop hand issues my parents used to warn me about as a kid playing huh. games all day? Thanks, the bus driver 05. Getting old, man. It sucks. Body just yeah. starts changing. Can't expect anything to work the way it used to work. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I feel for you, man. I feel for you, bus driver. I I ain't a doctor, and so I can't really Wait. I can't really speak to this in a deep way. Is Tim What's trying to do a character? Like, is he trying to do, be Mr. Worldwide? I think it's the sunglasses. Talks? I no. don't like it. It's the sunglasses. I don't I was like talking. There's no character. It's, it's just me. It's just your friend like, Tim. It didn't it's sound your good like my friend Tim. Tim. Mm-hmm. Sound like I think it's I, just the sunglasses. I, I like I like the energy they're bringing to you though, because Great I feel team. like they're bringing out a certain side of Tim mm-hmm. that we need to see more. It's Dolly. cool Tim. You know, we have cool Greg. This is cool, Tim. Uh, I, I feel like the, cool Tim is just Brian Altano, and it's, you know, it's not doing it for me. It is Brian Altano, isn't it? Uh, it could be it could be the long hours of video games you're playing Bus Driver, or it could be like, like yeah, this this specific controller, your hands just don't melt, uh, meld well with it. Like, it could be a number of things. Obviously, again, I'm not a doctor. I've not had, I don't think I've had the thing where a specific controller, is make, a specific controller makes my hands ache in any way. The Switch. Like, I've had... Like I've had playing. certain games that I play. Like I, I remember playing. This is a very deep cut. I played Sam, Seven Samurai Twenty XX on the PS2, mm-hmm. and that game is a hack and slash where every move is square. <laughs> and by the time I finished that game, oh my god, my thumb uh, <laughs> was sore. Like my thumb couldn't take the amount of times I was tapping square repeatedly. And maybe it's just maybe it's maybe it's this week of gaming for you. Uh, bus driver like it's the combination of playing all that ac and all the other games you're playing that's causing aches who knows kevin what, what were you gonna say i was gonna say the the switch when like the controllers are on it always ends up hurting my right hand like i get a cramp in the middle of it oh you mean like when you're in handheld mode yeah in handheld mode there's just something about the way i have to like angle my thumb that's no good no good mm. no tony hawk's pro skater wrecks me but it wrecked me when i was a little kid too so I don't know if there's too much of a difference, but after like when I'm going for a long combo, then after the, the session, I'm always just like, I need to shake it out. You know, probably not good. <laughs> I I, I want to say the Wiimote holding it sideways playing Smash. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> was a bit that. problematic for me. No way. It was weirdly enough in Brawl. That was my preferred way to play because I was a weirdo. Um, but it did have it, it wasn't ideal for hand comfortability. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, PKFC writes in and says, Resident Evil 4 has been on more platforms than Skyrim. Uh, RE4 being on 11 platforms with a GameCube, PS2, Wii, PS3, PS4, 360, Xbox One, Switch, PC, iOS, Android. And then Skyrim being on 6 with PS3, PS4, 360, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. But uh, Skyrim was wow. also on the, the uh, Alexa, right? You had Alexa Skyrim. Yeah, that is true. If, if yeah. That is that. true. Yeah. yeah. I think we are though, right? Like that counts. Mm-hmm. Well, and also Skyrim. There was the VR Skyrim. This kid doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's block him. Was VR Skyrim on Oculus? I don't remember. Because they might be looping that in with PS4. I mean, you can't it's do that. Different, yeah. It's different. <laughs> That's fair. It's, it's two different consoles. Yeah. The PS4 wow. and PSVR. No. 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 PSVR oh, and Oculus. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Although, yeah, PS4 and PSVR are different consoles. I mean, like, it's an add-on, right? But it's a different thing. Like, just because you have... Scre- well, I guess... But if, you if have- the skew wasn't different, it doesn't count for this exercise. Mm. Okay, oh, that and makes you know sense. what? PKFC might be looping in PC with Oculus, which I wouldn't. I would put Oculus as its own platform. Is the Vive its own thing on it? Is the, the skew its own it? thing? Mm. Skew, skew. And Odd Odd Doodle here says Skyrim is on nine platforms, counting VR and Alexa. Hmm. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. Uh, Nano just points out. Uh, it says blessing. There, there has been an article about violent video games and the effects on uh, pre-adolescent youth. Uh, and yeah, like I was, I, I, I don't think I was saying that there was, there hasn't ever been studies on video game violence and youth. I didn't. I'm, I'm more so coming at it from the perspective. I want to see like studies that kind of have a zoomed out view and, and, and tackle it all as a whole right like the benefits the negatives uh with more in-depth actual like analytics 
Not saying that there are they there are none already out there though, because I know there are. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Mm-mm. Tim, take mm. off the glasses. It's not working the way you think. I I can't even like get my eyebrows like above the glasses without really stretching my face. The final boss fight mentions the Accessibility Awards 2020 is already available as a VOD on Alana's channel, so you can check it out there. Yeah, on Twitch. We said that, right? YouTube is on you, a YouTube channel. YouTube channel. On our YouTube channel. Yeah. Huh. Cool. <laughs> All right. Oh, there you go. Uh... Ignacio Rojas is saying, I've seen several people on Twitter and on the KF Reddit uh, with the same problem as a bus driver. But yeah, people got there. stupid hands, you know what I mean? Sometimes. And I feel like sometimes uh, hands have to like adjust to a new controller. Because like the dual sense is di- feels different from any like controller I've held before. Like it's obviously it's like it's still a PlayStation controller, but it's not it it doesn't feel exactly like an Xbox controller that I've held for seven years, right? Like it's it feels like a new thing. So I understand people holding it and being like, oh my god, you know, like it's different. It's hurting my hands now. It's so heavy. <laughs> it's so heavy in the, in the so sense. Heavy. The sense is so sensitive in the dual sense. <laughs> so many senses being being activated. Mm-hmm. Uh and this isn't a year wrong, but it just came in. And I'm going to read it anyway. Rendo writes in and says, just want to say you two are looking very sharp today. Thank you, Rendo. I appreciate that. It's very nice. You didn't see you. it, but I just winked at you. This Did week's host. Oh, man. Oh, because you're wearing the sunglasses. That, that's why they can't see it. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, this week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily look like this. Tomorrow, it's me and Imran. Wednesday, it's Greg and Gary Witta. Thursday, it's Greg and Tim. Friday, it's Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch, right after this is in review, the Lego Batman movie. So stay tuned for that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching on Patreon, we have a post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com. So it's Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. Before you go, before we go, Kev. All right. Two things. One. We're getting an echo from you. Right now? J- j- just started, yeah. Two. The fuck? Moose Springsteen in the chat says, is that <laughs> Mr. Worldwide Web? <laughs> and I'm That's so perfect. mad That's perfect. that I wasted this and fucked it up on Games Daily. I should have done it on Internet Explorers. And you know what? From now on, I'm Mr. Worldwide Web. So thank you for that, Moose Springsteen. Welcome to the new the persona, Mr. Worldwide Web. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>